Before we get to the show today, did you know it's a special day? Today's Giving Tuesday, when lots of people have made it one of their annual rituals or habits to donate to causes they care about. We hope you've made NPR's Book of the Day a habit this year. Maybe you've added books to your to-be-read pile or library hold list after listening to the show. Your donation today helps keep this podcast growing strong, growing those stacks for everyone who listens. Visit npr.org slash donate to give, and thanks so much. Hi, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbaugh. Okay, this might come as a huge shocker, but I was an English major in college. (laughs) And I remember talking a lot about metaphors and what that symbol meant and what this other thing represented and all of that. But I don't ever really remember talking about what metaphors were for. As in, like, what practical purpose did they serve? I don't know, maybe we did and I just slept through it or something, but it's a question that's never been answered for me in clearer terms than in today's interview. It's with author Claire Oshetsky, and she's got a new book out called Chouette. It's about a mother who gives birth to an owl. And yeah, a lot of the reviews of the book talk about how weird that is, but as you'll hear in this interview with NPR's Danielle Kurtzleben, it is somehow also a very real story. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. When you keep your stress bottled up, it can eat away at you. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to make them better. Try BetterHelp Online Therapy, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp at betterhelp.com NPR today to get 10% off your first month. This message comes from The New Yorker. What makes a short story work? Explore the minds of writers like Otessa Moshfag and George Saunders on the New Yorker Fiction Podcast to find out. Listen to the New Yorker Fiction Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The new novel Chouette is a lot of things at once. It is by turns poetic, gory, heartbreaking, and strange. Its author, Clara Shetsky, calls it a parable about motherhood, and it is an engrossing, surreal portrayal of motherhood. Claire Shetsky is here to tell us about it. Claire, welcome to the show. Thank you, Danielle. Now, there may be no better way to introduce this book to our listeners than to just have you read the first few paragraphs. Would you do that for us? Sure. I dream I'm making tender love with an owl. The next morning, I see talon marks across my chest that trace the path of my owl lover's embrace. Two weeks later, I learn that I'm pregnant. You may wonder, how could such a thing come to pass between woman and owl? I, too, am astounded because my owl lover was a woman. Thank you for that. Like I said, it is a surreal book. The narrator, a woman called Tiny, gives birth to what she calls an owl baby, and the story proceeds from there. Tell our listeners what happens next. What conflicts arise from this? Sure. Um, I think that Tiny has a pretty good idea that her child is going to be different from the beginning. And um, she's not sure if she wants to go ahead with the pregnancy, first of all, because uh, she's very aware that it's going to take everything to raise the baby the way it deserves to be raised. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, her husband is very excited and doesn't really have an expectation of having any challenges with fatherhood. The mom, Tiny, does go ahead and have the baby, and it is indeed an owl baby. It behaves in a way that's perfectly fine for an owl, but not necessarily the way you want your baby to behave. It it likes uh, hunting small animals and eating them and um, has other antisocial behaviors that are a challenge for both parents. 
Well, of all the animals you could have picked, why, why owls? For, as I understand it, chouette does mean owl in French, by the way. Well, you know, I, I've gotten feedback about how surreal my book is, and I, I have to accept that, that you can't really sure. have a baby with an owl, <laughs> especially not a female owl. But, you know, I was really trying to capture what it was like to raise my daughter, who was um, not not as easy a child as maybe I would have liked, uh, very nonconforming, and um, she was like an owl. So so to me, it was like closer to the truth to call um call this baby in the story an owl baby, closer to my experience. Um, and I guess I think of owls as uh, very solitary, independent. They don't care if you don't like it when they cough up owl pellets and, and they just go on their way of, of being who they are. And um, of course, uh, that kind of behavior would not necessarily go down well in preschool or um, be something that other people would necessarily understand. And uh, that was my experience with uh, mothering my girl growing up, too. Although she never spat up owl pellets, there were other things that were unusual about her behavior and that people didn't know what to expect from her sometimes. Right. Well, and you've said that your daughter consulted on this book. How did her input help shape it? Well, my daughter is Patricia Taxon, and she's currently 21 and is um, a musician and um has made a life of music that's uh, been her lifeline and her passion. And um, she, first of all, um, gave me a lot of insight. There's a lot of music in the novel. Mm -hmm. And um, she was my primary consultant about about music. And the other way she helped me was just uh, reminiscing about what it was like for her uh, to live through this shared experience of being a a child that was deeply misunderstood and sometimes put in situations that uh, were frightening, even in her school system or or with therapists that we we um, went with uh, her to see. Actually, there's some pretty direct from my journals and from experience from our shared memory mm -hmm. uh, scenes in the book, just slightly exaggerated. She's reading the book for the first time now. She knows what happens. We talked about it, but she just picked it up um, yesterday, actually. Have you gotten positive feedback from her so far? She told me it's it's breezy, so that's good. <laughs> Very readable, she said. <laughs> you know, a central struggle of this book is about whether to teach a child to fit in with everyone else or to just be herself. And that is such a conflict between the mother, Tiny, and the father. Can you tell our listeners more about how that plays out in the book? I really took these parents to the extreme where the mom is very much into let the baby be herself. And the dad is, oh, let's fix this child and take her to doctors, make sure that she has a normal life. Their conflict really reflects, usually, if you're parenting a child who's uh, struggling in any way, you're going to have both those feelings, right? They're not going to be exclusively one or the other. But I think the book comes out in favor of the mom's point of view that you need to let your child be herself. And actually, in my experience, parents have much less uh, control or ability to 
to shape that future than we think. For me, I I was like, oh, this is easy. I'm going to have my babies and I'm going to work full time. They were both born at home in the morning. And I was a freelance journalist uh, when my kids were born. And I was back at work in the afternoon. I was like taking my babies on interviews. and, And I just was like, oh, yeah, power mom. But my kids had a different idea and they needed a champion at home. And that was a surprise for me. I don't want to map this narrator onto you too much, but she she does say at one point, I prefer to speak in metaphor. And is it fair to say the same is true of you? Yeah, I thought a lot about metaphor as I was writing it, uh, Danielle, because everyone thinks, including me, that a metaphor is sort of like a simile, like this thing is like that thing. But to me, I started thinking of metaphor as actually you're defining something as it is. And to me, saying this child is an owl baby sounded closer to the truth of my experience as a parent than saying my baby was nonconforming or or my child was disabled. It just kind of captured to me the dilemma of, of having a child that is so completely different and so out of sorts with her environment and trying to cope with helping the child grow up. So I, I have a different feeling about metaphor now that it it's sort of a way of getting into what's true rather than um, making it fancy or, or literary. In fact, I said it twice. I wrote it twice in my original draft. The line about preferring to speak in metaphor? I prefer to speak in metaphor. Yeah. I think it got edited out because, uh, I mean, it's (laughs) obviously you don't need to hear it twice, but it's sort of the crux of my artist statement and that's sort of buried in the book itself. Clara Shetsky's new novel is titled Chouette. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Thank you, Danielle. I really enjoyed our conversation. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts.